What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. Um, I am finally reunited. Reunited and it feels so good. Got the OG crew here, Josh Rinko and Christian Vaughn. What's up, buddy? Been uh, been a while. I, I Hang on a second. Let me do something. Give you a hug uh, oh my god, dude! You've got a raging boner right now, and I wish you would have at least put pants on for that hug. Mm, that's the only reason I hugged you. <laughs> I liked it. Bare penis. Yeah, it was. Doesn't uh, get much better than that. <laughs> went head to head there. It was. Uh, it was rough. You want to do a sword fight <clears throat> after this? Maybe. I don't All know. Right. Maybe we have enough time. All right. That's a little bonus episode for you. Yeah. Well, Smalley talk. Uh, you know. I, I kind of figured this would happen when we started this podcast. Um, you know, we were starting the winter time and we had a lot of free time on our hands because there was nothing extracurricular to do besides jerk off. Right. And I knew when the fishing season came, it was going to be a lot harder to get together and, um, you know, do these things. So that's fine, you know kind of is what it is but well summertime's always more busy you know you yeah. got you got yard work to do you got vacations going on we got you yeah. know all that all that stuff that comes up with 30 year old men so yeah i agree kind of uh sobering reality to be honest sometimes You're yeah like, man yeah it's crazy like uh you know looking back like you had you know like 12, 13 friends you hung out with all the time. Now I see my friends maybe once every two months, <laughs> you know, it's like, and I don't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just, a text. <laughs> it's well, brutal, man. Yeah. I've been, I've been missing you a little bit. I've dreamt about you a couple times. Appreciate that. A couple weird, really weird scenarios. That wasn't a dream. That was just me <laughs> sneaking into your room and breathing heavily on your neck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a while. So it's been probably what like a month, I would say, since me and you have done a podcast. Yeah, um, we've had a lot of. You know, the good news is we have a lot of events that have transpired since then. Yeah, uh, we've got plenty of content. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fishing trips, a lot of uh, stuff going on. You uh, you just got back from a little little trip out west. Uh, where'd you go? A little uh, little trip out to Colorado with the familia. It was. Uh, Good times. Um, did quite a bit of fishing, but you know it's like I'm cursed. I think uh, I've been watching this this show on Netflix called The Last Kingdom. You ever I watched seen it? That, no. It's about Vikings, and uh, good. they're throwing around curses all the time. It's really got me bought in. I'm okay. cursed. I think I've been right. cursed. I think there's a witch somewhere in my past. Just like the gods pissing in the rivers everywhere you go and flooding. <laughs> That's them. what it is, man. <laughs> Odin's draining his vein right in my rivers everywhere I go. I like uh, honestly. So I leave here. Uh, well, first of all, it's it's a long story. I'll I'll just get into. It. I'll give you all the jizz right now. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it all to you. Mm, all the so, jizz. You know, we've got this vacation coming up, and first of all, everything in Indiana has been flooded. I mean, it's been like a biblical 
spring into early summer. But so, <coughs> excuse me, we're getting ready to leave on uh, Thursday night. So Thursday uh, morning, I get my car all ready and stuff, and I I notice there's like a rattle in my car, and it's a uh, sway bar link that goes out on my car the day we're leaving. So we're driving 15 hours. Can't drive a, a car, you know, 80 miles per hour for 15 hours with a broken sway bar link. So I had to go rent a car. Is um, this after you had something else fixed? The wreck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, uh, I, I had the um, tire. I had the oil changed. I got my uh, car fixed after a wreck that I was in. I got rear-ended like three days after I bought this car, and then uh, I got it. So I got it fixed. Uh, got the tires rotated, got all ready to go. And then, yeah, I had this mechanical issue come up. So I had to rent a car, which was like a thousand bucks and which, you know, put me in a bad, in a foul mood. So we pull out of the driveway and I noticed my son's kind of coughing in the back seat. He proceeds to get a cold. And by the time we get out to Colorado, me, my daughter, and my son have all got raging, nasty colds. Mm. So we're sick for like the first four days of vacation. But worse than that, uh, you know, we go from flooded water in Indiana. And while we're gone, it gets perfect. I mean, it clears up perfect. Everybody's fishing. Everybody's catching nice fish. Everything back in Indiana looks great. We get out to Colorado, ready to do some trout fishing. And they've got literally record high water there. From the, from the runoff this year. So, I mean, like you had to really pick your water. I mean, everything was flooded. Like the fly shops, like all these stoners are just sitting around like tying flies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was brutal. So, you know, I go from flooded conditions that can improve to perfect, you know, back home, uh, you know, to flooded conditions out in Colorado. And then right as we're leaving Colorado to come back here, it floods here and it's perfect out in Colorado right now. So it's just bullshit. So I'm cursed. So you had a great vacation, is that what you're saying? The vacation, I'm going to be frank with you, it was not great. I mean, we had an okay time. We ended up doing some fun things. You but caught some fish, though. I saw some pictures. Yeah, we caught trout. plenty of fish. I mean, I ended up doing quite a bit of fishing, but we were fishing like beaver ponds a lot. We were fishing like, um, you know, we were just picking our water. I mean, you had to be really selective on where you went. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... It wasn't yeah. just like, oh, there's a beautiful trout river. I'm going to pull over and fish. But So you did. I did see you uh, You met a little uh, guide friend out there. Yeah, this is. on an adventure. So this is something that my dad is, like, notorious for. Like, him and my mom, like, when they go on vacation, they just meet people. My dad's got one of these faces, like, where people just, like, <laughs> stop and talk to him. And he just, like, you know. He always just talks to people and then they end up doing something with these, you know, he meets complete strangers. Yeah. He's like a vacation friend guy. Yeah. I mean, not me. I'm like the, I did not inherit that gene. I like meet people on vacation. I'm like, that guy's probably trying to murder us or like orgy (laughs) us or something. So I just avoid people. Swingers. Yeah, man. That's what they're all. They're all trying to bang me, you know? (laughs) I mean, that's it. So anyway, so uh, he's fishing in this spot and this guy pulls up and he's like, Hey, you doing any good? Come to find out this guy's a guide for Vale Valley anglers. And, uh, you know, my dad got to talking to him. He's a real nice guy. He moved out from uh, from Tennessee a few years ago. Um, Gavin Greason is his name. But uh, he's like, hey, man, if you, you know, if your boys want to go out on a float trip one day, I'll, I'll take him out on the upper Colorado. It's like, all right. And uh, we kind of I kind of thought he was just be shitting around, you mm-hmm. know. 
Well, my dad calls him and the guy's like, yeah, sure. Just have him meet me at this spot at three o'clock tomorrow and we'll go out for a free float trip. Mm, can't beat that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, we got to obviously pay this guy, you know, something. I mean, we can't just like in, engage his services for free. So we show up, we do this great flow. I mean, we were catching, we caught, uh, I completed the grand slam, I think. So I caught a cut bow, a brook, a brook, brown. I caught a white fish. I caught a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, the, you're the former multi-species king. So it doesn't right. surprise it me. It doesn't surprise. It's in my, it's in my blood. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we end up having this great trip. We go down the, the upper Colorado's this section from pump house down. Uh, I mean, just a great, you know, we caught, caught some really nice fish, caught some, you know, 18, 19, 20 inch browns. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a great guide. We, we shot a class four rapid in the middle of it, I which saw that. puckered my butthole to death. I mean, I, it was as small <laughs> as a little eraser head. Chris texts me. Um, he's like, dude, you should have seen this guy. He, uh, calmly takes a hit off his vape pen eats a Pringle and just slides right into this glass floor <laughs> like nothing. Dude, it was the most, it was the most, I mean, he soaked me. I Did mean, he? I'm talking I'm from the waist down, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, the guy's like, hey, is it going to offend you guys if I take a hit off my vape pen? I'm like, no. And he, I'm sure he takes it was marijuana too. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I mean, I didn't ask, but he, he took a, I'm sure it was. He took a, he took a drag off his vape pen, uh, ate a Pringle, and then just casually slid sideways into this class four drop, dude. The biggest rollers I've ever seen in my life, like eight feet tall. Like we were completely vertical at one point. I looked back at Jeremiah and he was like below me and I was in the front of the boat, (laughs) but he slid sideways in and I was like, Oh my God, this guy's going to kill us right now. He's high as a kite in the middle of the boat. (laughs) Well, I mean, kind of as I went through it, you kind of had to go into it sideways because of the cross current. He's like, if we would went into that straight on nose first, We'd have buried it in that big roller, and then the side current would have flipped us. So he's actually, I mean, he's a legit pro. I he knows mean, what he's doing. Oh, for sure. And then when he picked up the rod, he caught, at the beginning of the trip, he's kind of showing us how to drift these, you know, big, giant stone flies that we were fishing with and and uh, worms. He was trying to show us how to do it. He caught, like, three fish in five minutes. Hmm. So, I mean, he's definitely a pro, like, legit, but. But we got done with the stretch. Great. You know, we probably caught 20 trout or something like that. 25 trout in three hours. We get done. I try and pay him. And he's like, explain. He's like, no, absolutely not. Can't take your money. And I just thought he was being like overly polite. I was like, no, seriously, take my money. Come to find out, like out in Colorado, if you get caught taking money, like on the side as a guide, like, and you're not working through your outfitter, you can lose your license forever. Really? Yeah, you can use, lose your recreational license for, for life. Uh, so much, though, that you can actually lose your recreational license in all 50 states for like seven years if you get Seems caught like doing this. Seems like a very yeah, because, weird law. Yeah, because apparently these outfitters pay $480,000 for the privilege of guiding on this river. And if they catch guides doing side businesses, um, they, they fine them, they take away their recreational license, they take away their guiding license... And essentially, they don't let them do anything for like seven years and then lifetime in Colorado. They lose all their privileges. So he's like, I, he's like, actually, like, I want you to put your money away. He's like, if people see us like trying to exchange money, it's like a big deal. But uh, hmm. yeah, man, it was a great trip. I mean, if you're ever out in that central Colorado area, for sure, check out Gavin Grease. And he's got like a big guide company. I mean, he's got like 
He guides in Tennessee for muskie. He guides in Alaska. He's telling me about his guiding in Alaska where they catch like 40 steelhead a day or something. So, yeah, it's good times. We had, you know, we did quite a bit of fishing. Um, You know, we caught a little bit of everything. What do you think, like, comparing a brown, 19-inch brown to a 19-inch smallmouth? What's your thoughts on that? It's not even a comparison. Really? No. Hmm. Well, let's put it this way. When I got I got back on uh, t- 2 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and my brother texted me at, like, that same day, that same afternoon, was like, hey, let's go out to the Big Walnut today. Probably caught, like, a 15-inch smallmouth and on a 7-weight, because I was fishing with a 5-weight all week, and it, you know, it was – the immediate, you know, immediately catching like a, like a 18 inch Brown to the next day or two days later, catching a 15 inch smallmouth. No comparison. Oh, smallmouth are just, yeah. I mean, they're just, yeah, that's good to know. Well, that's why we, uh, that's why we love them. Yeah. Far superior. I mean, they, they eat better, you know, they fight better. They're just, they never give up. So, yeah, I know that's cool, man. Yeah, um, you did quite a bit of fishing while I was gone too, didn't you, son of a bitch? So since the last podcast, Ben and I uh, had a podcast where we talked about that trip on the tip canoe, which I caught a twenty incher on. Um, Unconfirmed. I didn't see it on a hog trough. <laughs> I have one picture if you want to see. I, it. I didn't see um, it. And so let's let's see where did it go next. So. I think the next trip was with my neighbor. Um, he had my neighbor across the street. He works for Indiana. Uh, he's an ecologist for the DNR here in Indiana. And I've kind of like talked, you know, I, we do nothing but talk, you know, we're pieces of shit. All we do is talk about fishing. And he like, you know, was one of those guys that was like latching on to it and was like, Oh man, well let, you know, let me go out and he texted me. It was Fourth of July weekend. He texted me and knew I wasn't going to be working. And he was like, "Hey, uh, you know, can we go out?" And we were planning on going out um, to a smaller creek that was kind of guaranteed to be good fishing. And of course, we got thunderstorms the night before. And woke up in the morning. River popped, and. Uh, I was like, well, let's go ahead and go to White River because White River was in a lot better shape. So we loaded up, went up to White River, went to a, a spot that we, you know, I kind of knew there was going to be fish. And uh, the water looked pretty good. Um, it, it was, it was kind of muddy. It was about a foot of visibility. So, you know, muddy, clear enough to fish, but it was, you know, it was dirty. Got up there. And uh, there's a spot where you kind of, you know, can beat your kayak and and wade over and fish. And unfortunately, there was uh, quite a few jet boats and stuff. And actually, about 10 minutes after we got to our spot, the jet boat pulled up there next to us. And uh, I cast up in this, you know, I call it the money spot. You know, you know where I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, dude just got hammered. And immediately I knew that it was, you know, big fish. And uh, I'm sitting here, you know, fighting this fish. And, um, you know, 
I'm notoriously like a nervous big fish fighter. Like I get I get the heebie-jeebies when I'm starting to you know get a big fish on. So I'm trying to I'm looking around and I'm like, how am I gonna land this fish? I don't have my net with me. I'm out in the middle of the water. Um, there's a little small little beach area, and I was like, my best bet is to drag that fish up on the beach and then snag it with my hand. That was gonna be my best chance. And as I'm kind of backing up, my neighbor says, hey, man, do you need help? And I'm like, for a second, I was like, no, I'll just land this myself. And I was like, yeah, just just grab my net. It's on the front of the kayak. And yeah, I'm sure you said it that calmly. So, yeah, just grab my net. It's probably yeah. like, yeah, grab my net. <laughs> grab my net. Help me, neighbor. So I'm fighting this fish. And it's like running all over the place. It's jumping, and I'm like, dude, this is this is a twenty booger. Like it's yeah. it's a big guy, big old thick, nasty twenty booger. And uh, I'm backing up. He's got the net, and I'm you know I'm not gonna put this all on him because I don't know exactly what happened. It was all a big blur. But one thing led to another. That just tells us all that it was your fault, one hundred percent. The fish, the fact that you're not willing to blame anyone else, and it is a blur. We're could, all confirmed could, that it's could, your fault. Could possibly be my fault. I it's don't know. your fault for asking him to help. All too, I, by the way, all I know is the fish was half in the net, and all of a sudden my spinnerbait just boom pops out of its mouth, right. and the fish is like laying over the kind of side of the net and before he could get a chance to like scoop it up it jumped out of the net disappeared in the dark jumped out of the net winked at you dude it was heartbreaking it was probably about 17 breaking (laughs) 16 and a half it was a heartbreaking dude and my neighbor looked up at me and he he like put his hands on his head and he was like i'm so sorry and I'm like, well, it was like, it wasn't your fault, man. It was like, you know, that oh, shit. If that would have been me, you'd, you'd, you'd have taken a blowtorch to my kayak and just <laughs> paddled away. Well, and I was like, he looks at me and he kind of goes, dude, that was a huge smallmouth. Shut up. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my Shut God. Your mouth. So needless to say, we, we went on, we actually had a pretty subpar day. Caught, caught a couple 17. Tell you what would have changed it. A big fish in the picture. That big fish would turn that day right around. Anytime you lose a fish like that, even if you have a good day, it's always in the back of your head. Yeah, you know. So, anyways, uh, and and just just for you know some context here, this same spot has produced multiple twenties over the years. So it was no, including a twenty-one, and that twenty you caught there the one time, dude, Mm -hmm. was. It was a monster. The girthy little booger. Dude, it was a monster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so had it went on, you know, the water was pretty stained and honestly the fish were fishing was just really inconsistent. It's been like that almost all spring. Just you know, you Windows you, of excellence though. Yeah, you'll have those you I mean, know you had a great day on sugar, didn't you? Yeah, so that was where I was kind of getting to. But it's because the water's clearing up. Right, you that's know? what I'm saying. I so mean, we ended up, he called me or texted me a couple nights later. He's like, hey, man, you want to have a redemption trip? Go to go to Sugar Creek. And I was like, sure. So we went out there, and, uh, yeah, we had a freaking good day. No, like, you know, no monsters. I had two 18s, so, you know, those are very respectable 
fish, but you know, not trophies by any means. Um, two 18s and then a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of just quality fish. Yeah. So I take then, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was catching them, you know, middle to top of the water column. They're being aggressive. I specifically, the first 18 I caught was, I, I actually was going to tell you about this on the phone. We got cut off. <clears throat> it was like one of those that, you know, like I was like super pumped about and I was like yelling about because pulled up, you know, we're waiting this section. We go up to the top of this big long riffle and I know this section really well. And I'm like, you know, this is a really good spot. I'm telling my neighbor, like, he's pretty good. Like, he's an outdoorsman. So he kind of understands, like, stealthiness and stuff. He wasn't, like, you know, stomping everywhere. And uh, we get up to the spot, and we were kind of fan casting the, t- the bottom of this pool. And I knew there was a little kind of cutout bank on the left. And I was fishing a, a fluke, of course. And because uh, I had caught one on a a decent a 17 on a um, top water but the, the way he hit it i was like "Ooh, i think fluke is a better choice here so i put the fluke on i threw up in this area and i because i saw this fish kind of making some you know moving some water right and he was as i throw my fluke up he starts to chase these bait fish out the opposite direction so these bait fish are jumping everywhere and he's like kind of splashing and my fluke hits, and you saw him just doing a bout face. Oh, love dude. That. And I was sitting there waiting. I didn't even move the fluke. I just sat there, and he torpedoed, like his back was like out of the water, and just boom, dude, just oh, like toilet that. bowl flush that fluke. And I waited like the perfect timing. I waited like to one do. second, and I went, you know, set the hook, and I was like, holy shit that was awesome and i was like you know got him in he was 18 and my neighbor's like dude that was fucking badass how you set the hook on that thing <laughs> yeah but, well dude it was a nice i can't a big tell you how many one. times i've messed that up though like where one wakes towards me and i like get i'm like like kind of like dude i was uh, dialed in on that one for I've, whatever I've, reason i've messed that up a bunch of times so it's tough yeah. to do man you gotta have the gotta have the nerves of steel yeah, sit but, there and watch your your uh, bait get eaten and set the hook right, even though you've got that visual sort yeah. of take. It's tough. Yeah, that was so dude, that was worth. Honestly, that was the first like twenty minutes we were there, and I was like, dude, that's all I needed today. Right. But we went on to catch, I think between the two of us, probably upwards of 65, 70 fish. So, it's pretty good. And yeah. I know Dustin did well up there too. Yep. Dusty old uh, Medina, he went up there and Mexican MacGyver. Up. That's right. <laughs> he got on the river, did did well. Yeah, uh, same day they were catching them all on the on top, which I did catch some on top, but um, the majority of mine. What you know, a fluke. So the the sh- you know you just kind of that's my go to when I see fish really keying on bait fish, mm-hmm. and that's just what they were doing. Um, but the fluke bite kind of died in the middle of the day and they were just for whatever reason. So I, I threw a little wake bait on and dude, it was like magic as soon as I turned that on. So well, I'm looking forward to a few days like that. I mean, it should be, they should be coming up. I think we're getting ready to kind of, you know, the weather looked good this week. It's going to be dry most of the week. So I think maybe the water level is going to start coming down, going to get mm-hmm. clear and we're going to be kind of, 
entering that next phase of the season where, you know, we've got good water conditions and fish are going to be chasing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been hot. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Coming from 10,200 feet to whatever we're at here, 600 and, you know, 90 some degrees. It's been, it's been hot and humid. Today was a roaster. Yeah. It was, it was super hot today. But yeah, um, overall, man, uh, had a couple decent trips, getting ready to leave tomorrow morning to go to Michigan with my dad and brother. There aren't any smallmouth up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's like the best smallmouth nah. state in the U.S. You're not going to find arguably. any fish. You're not going to find any fish up there. Uh, we were going up there, um, a buddy of mine, Jeremy Crow, um, he gave me some good intel. We're actually going to go to the Upper Huron up by old Schultz's, uh um fly shop up there so that'll be cool yeah yeah we're gonna go stop in and yeah buy stop in and be like hey i'm the smally talk podcast guy (laughs) oh he's gonna be like in that case take half my merchandise for free (laughs) are you serious i never thought i'd meet you i'm a huge fan (laughs) uh no but seriously um i am gonna stop in there on the way up we're gonna do a little evening float tomorrow and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna catches a couple donks um so looking forward to that um yeah man uh i think we're you know we got through a springtime that was just very challenging um and you know the flooding has been weird it hasn't been like a big dump it's been like little like significant dumps and it like has never let the rivers get down like well i don't think there's been one time really even that trip to sugar the water was still staying some i have not seen it like clear since the winter no it's had moments where it where it looked you know fairly clear but right not 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 like normal no like right now it's usually like crystal clear yeah yeah it's it's so weird um so anyways man we're so uh, what was it like whenever you were up at sugar last week was it not clear at all I mean, what was the visibility like? like? Two foot. So crazy, man. That's what it's been like all year. Yeah, cloudy. Because I mean, usually it's sugar this time of year. You're looking at, you know, like unlimited visibility, pretty much. No, no, not not at all. Like it was definitely still, still a little cloud. But I mean, it was a good cloud. It was like when I get got on the river, I was like, okay, I can work with this. Right. Um. You know, you get on it sometimes, man. It's just like, geez, this is gonna be a grind. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, uh, hopefully this, you know, tidal turn will have a really good late summer into fall. And because uh, those fish can't, there's no way that these fish could have eaten like they normally would have. Like, I don't know, maybe. I mean, maybe dude, it's been eaten. like chocolate milk muddy, like for like a good portion. I think of it's the in year. good shape right now. It is, but that's what I'm saying. Like this early, I almost spring. I almost canceled the podcast and I had to go fishing. Yeah, I would have went with you. What? I probably would have. <laughs> no, I figured you wouldn't go because you're leaving tomorrow morning. Yeah, I might have still. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, if I would have thought that was an option, I would have suggested it, but I just yeah. didn't even think it was an option. It probably wouldn't have been. But so just know that, listeners, all you people that are like, "Oh, give us more episodes, give us more, put another episode out." Sacrifice. I gave up a night of fishing to go to come record this episode. Yeah, right that's now. tough to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, see, so we kind of got through 
kind of updates what we've been doing. You know, Indiana patterns, we kind of touched on it. For me, I've seen the same thing throughout all the rivers I've been in. It's bait fish. These fish are keying on bait fish. I, you know, I'm sure they're eating some crawfish as well. But, dude, the bait fish has just been insane. Like, I've seen tons and tons of, you know, like, even in, you know, White River, I just saw tons of little fingerling sized bait fish and uh, i'm sure that's what the fish are keying in on so oh, yeah so you have fluke patterns you know lighter crankbaits spinnerbaits those are the kind of things that they're keying in on so if you guys are out there that's what we'd recommend or what i'd recommend you know i'm actually looking forward to going up to the upper huron because i see those schultz guys so much fish game changers yeah and that's basically a big fluke yeah that is a big fluke yeah i mean that's what they they really key in on up there are um <coughs> swim flies so yeah you know you'll be right at home up there i'm sure that uh how big is that river compared to some of the rivers it's like here? sugar creek like is that it? size like the upper part of it is yeah. that's what i thought it looked it's like. maybe a little bit bigger and the flow is faster okay. i mean it's it's uh but yeah it's comparable mm. yeah it's like somewhere between sugar and white river maybe okay <coughs> you'll be comfortable You'll yeah, be, you'll be comfortable there, but um, yeah, it's a cool river, man. You'll you'll really you'll really enjoy it. And I know that uh, last time we were there, we didn't fish a great section. It was muddy. Yeah. It was like probably a foot of visibility last time. So, did you? So, I don't know when you actually fished the upper part. Did you do very well? I fished it in early May, uh, and I wade fished it, and it was like thirty eight degrees in the morning, oh, and I went right. out and I wet waded. So I was freezing. Smart man. Um, but this is, I had conventional gear with me. I did well. I caught fish. Yeah. I mean, I caught like an 18. I caught uh, a, like six or seven other fish, like like medium sized fish. And then I caught, um, I think a 17 maybe as well at the end of the day. But I, I got a look at a really nice one. Are those? Um, oh, I do remember you telling me about this. Yeah, I don't remember what you were up there for. But. I was up there for a wedding. I have family. We have family in Ann Arbor, so, so I fished it upstream of Ann Arbor. That's where we're going. Yeah. yeah. So um, were the fish like really like thick, like Wisconsin? Type not fish? at that. Not at that point. Uh, I don't rem- recall that. I do remember that they fought. Yeah, it's like they had the northern that yeah, northern kind of the shoulder on to them. them. Yeah, but. Um, I don't remember them being like particularly different. You know, I don't remember them being like upper Wisconsin fish or anything, but yeah, you'll enjoy it, man. I mean, it's a great river. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people up there care about the resource, you know, so it's it's got a good, they've got a good culture up there, but you'll, a lot of put ins. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of options. So we put in on a, um, an old railroad. I put it on an old railroad bridge up there. So when I went, so I don't want to get off too much on a tangent, but, um, since our last podcast, you actually got in touch with, uh, someone at the DNR about, oh uh, access. What, 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 uh, <laughs> what do you have to say about yeah, that? I don't know. I, I, so one of the hot stretches that we put out, hot stretch. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, uh, I went up and did that section with, was it you? Yeah. Did we talk about that on the, the podcast? Boat. No. So we did a we did a stretch on the Darlington stretch on. We didn't Sugar talk Creek. about that. We didn't yeah. do a podcast. How did we, since then. I don't even really remember how we did. I just I mean we I th- a, oh we it thunderstormed really bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, we got, we got, oh, we in, did talk about that because you caught that big old carp. Oh, no, we did the on the water episode that we never used. Yeah, That's what. so we, Josh and I went on a trip. Epic carp catch. Yeah, <laughs> that was the highlight of the trip, if that tells you anything. I mean, we did okay. I mean, it started off great. It's just, the problem is we had nasty, I mean, like, I, I'm okay, fi- I'm okay fishing and weather, but mm-hmm. I mean, this was like brutal. Like thirty mile per hour winds, like torrential rain, like nonstop hard rain, and we did okay actually, considering the conditions. We probably caught twenty five. Um, you caught a couple of really nice ones. Yeah, um, I got a couple um, close to eighteen. I think. Yeah, and I caught a couple of really nice ones, and I caught. I had a really nice top water eat from a probably a, what 12 13 pound carp <laughs> did you i've never seen anybody so happy about catching carp dude it was it was amazing it was i will say this yeah i'm you know i'll give say you shit it. about everything i can possibly give you shit about but the eat of that carp in the hook set was pretty cool yeah yeah i will, say that. <laughs> I will we, say that we look over to the right probably 20 foot off the right side of the boat the starboard side and uh, I see this figure just kind of swimming around under this mulberry bush. And I wasn't quite sure if it was a smallmouth or what it was because it was that kind of, it was that deep in the water. I couldn't really tell. I mean, I knew it was big. So I cast over there and the carp just turned, kind of went a little bit deeper and then just came up and just sipped this uh, boogle bug off the top. And I let him take it under. I gave him about a two count and set the hook. And I mean, it was. Yeah, I just zipped him, and uh, he was. I mean, it was a fight, man. I yeah, mean, it, was it went on for at least five minutes. Yeah, at least for five minutes. I was on a six weight, so he gave me a really good run, and it was cool. Uh, yeah, it was fun, man. Got, I got, I got a really enthusiastic picture. V- vagina mouth. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you get to see me cheesing in a photo. Well, so. kind of compound on that. Um, so I really, it really sucks because you were supposed to go on that typical new trip with us. And let me tell you something, Chris. <laughs> I, I I know you didn't listen to that podcast, dude. I had I missed so many big fish that day. I wish that you were with me because I feel like you would have capitalized. Because we get those days like that where one of us is just right, right on, and the other guy's kind of like struggling. And I caught that twenty first thing, dude. Just couldn't connect, huh? I I was having trouble with the fluke nose hook it, it it notoriously has a low you know hookup rate and i know that it can but dude, yeah i miss if they're eating a certain way they're pretty tough to catch on that let's put it this way i broke off one that was 100 percent a 20 inch well, what do you what do you suggest? So, i mean how do you remedy that if you know you've recognized that that's a problem when they're eating I, a certain way how do you how do you go about changing that that's a good good question i mean a fluke I mean, you could skin hook one. You could. I, you, know. you know what I probably should have done that day is I probably should have Texas rigged it with a wide gap hook. That's what I'm saying. Yes. That's what I should have done, but I didn't, and I ended up paying the price. And it wasn't just so I missed two really nice fish that way. Like hookups just didn't happen. They like I hooked them for a second, and they just never got hooked. But the biggest one of the day that I lost, I snapped off twenty pound yeah. braid. Just took a run, and I had that dumb friggin' that Saint Croix one that I that six six medium light, and I wasn't used to fishing it, dude. There was nothing I could do. 
it took me it took me underneath this tree and it was just like sorry bud i'm gonna take you down there and i'm gonna snap (laughs) you the fuck off and there's nothing you can do about it yeah so i actually after that i tied it on a bigger rod but yeah dude that that fish was like i saw it and it was like dude it was a fantastic take a solid hook set and dude it was like well nothing i can do well at least you're getting opportunities at big fish i haven't i haven't hooked up with a 20 yet this year dude you would have you would have caught a 20 that day well the reason i thought about this story is because literally dude every five minutes i saw humongous carp coming and sucking some whatever they were off the top of the water you could have probably caught 100 carp that day and they were visible they were like they didn't i wasn't scaring them they were like right by my boat they'd come up and whatever they were hitting and i was like dude if chris was here he would be hooking them all day long (laughs) i would have switched up i would have targeted them i'm not i'm not ashamed to do it dude it was hundred i saw hundreds of carp that day it's a big carp fishery I and mean, there's a lot of carp up there yeah dude it was that day whatever that's falling out of the trees dude those things were going berserk i haven't even fished the tippy this year that's how bad th- this year has sucked man it's been brutal <laughs> yeah i mean it sucked i i've only fished sugar like twice yeah i know dude i've fished sugar twice i probably fished flat rock four or five times um well then you Add the whole oh, so I that James was River debacle to it. That's what then. we were talking about. So uh, sugar, the the Darlington stretch. Oh yeah, the takeout at one seventy five, I think. Yeah, it is, is closed now. So if you if you're going up to do that Darlington stretch, you know we used to recommend you put at the put in at the covered bridge, takeout at, at road one seventy five. It's cable locked. There are no trespassing signs there. It's it's officially a closed access point now so the dnr i called the dnr to figure out what was going on and they basically you know i don't listen i the guy i talked to was very nice but i had i had three questions about access points the lower flat rock uh the south side of indianapolis for white river um and then uh sugar creek he had no answers for me let's just put it that way his you know, he's a nice guy. Um, it's just, you know, he's a bureaucrat. I mean, bottom line is somebody with some initiative, somebody with some drive could probably get something done there. But, you know, I mean, the, the situation was, well, we've talked to Indy Parks, you know, about putting an access at Southport. Um, but, you know, they don't they don't seem that open to it. So we've, talked to citi- we, we've talked to, to Citizens Energy you know, they, they seem, you know, that, but, but we haven't really made any progress. We talked to Morgan County parks, but they really haven't made any progress. Yeah. That does seem like a problem about sugar Creek, but I don't really have any solutions. If you hear about anybody selling any property, let me know. I mean, those are the types of answers that you get. It's just, you know, somebody, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's an outdoorsman. I mean, he seemed like he talked about fishing. He talked about like how he's into it, but it's just, uh, you know, basically what the, the summary of the conversation is what we've got is probably what we're going to have for a long time. Right. Um, and I wouldn't count on getting an access point. You know, even though Southwest Way Park is right there on the river, you know, uh, the DNR has obviously not made any effort to partner with them. You know, the White River is more concerning to me than Sugar. 
Yeah, no, a, I there's, agree. There's a decent but like amount I, of places to put in. Like I told him, I was like, Citizens Energy Group owns that wastewater treatment plant on the east side of the river there, on the south side. They've put like a, you know, of course, some of it's grant money, a lot of it's federal money. But, you know, they've put a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money, and a lot of investment into the uh, White River there through Indianapolis, you know, with the Deep Rock Tunnel and stuff like that to improve the condition of White River. Now, the downstream side, uh, the water condition has improved, but the access has gotten worse. So, you know, that's the pitch that I made to him. Like, hey, you know, like, what's going on about this? The water condition is getting better, and, and the people on the south side are finally not on the receiving end of Indianapolis's hobos and shit. Yeah. Um, but now all of a sudden we have no access thanks to, you know, our DNR's lack of vision. And, you know, I said, why don't you guys approach citizens energy? Talk about accessing and, you know, well, accessing like the river there, the Indy parks thing. It's like, that's a government entity. So. His answer for me there was, yeah. And, the, and right. And then on the other side of the river was, is a, is a public entity. But his answer for me with Citizens Energy is, well, that's a steep hill. And his, <laughs> you know, and his answer for me on, on Southwest yeah, Way is, that's the shallow side of the river. You know, so it's like, and then he's telling me, you know, well, down in Morgan County, somebody tried to donate property to us, but it just, you know, it would have been tough because there was a woodland there. And it's like, okay, well, then obviously, you know, if someone gifts you property and you can't even build a ramp there, I just don't. Yeah, you know, I just uh, don't see it working out. Yeah. So that's so that's where we're at with it. You know, as per usual, the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. Not to get just, not to get Debbie Downer, but you know, I just wanted to bring that up because you know we're we're conservationists and we're advocates for you know especially guys who live in the Hoosier State. We're advocates for you, and that's something we care deeply about. And one of the problems with Indiana is public access, and when you look at our rivers. Um, you know, it's got a lot of private land on it and the DNR for whatever reason has not taken the initiative to, to put uh, very extensive public access sites throughout these waterways. And it really causes problems. You know, it causes landowners to get pissed off because people try to get on the river in spots where they probably shouldn't, sure. or, you know, people, um, they let them get on the river and it gets polluted because nobody's watching after it. There's, you I know, completely understand these landowners not letting people on. People yeah. trash trash rivers and trash private property. You know, it's it's not right. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it, I look at it from maybe a different perspective than most people. I look at, like, it, you know, about seven, eight years ago, you know, I had a massive shift in the things that I enjoy doing. You know, I fell in love with with river fishing, with smallmouth fishing, with with those types of things. So, you know, and and the the reason I fell in love with this is because I was able to access it and I was able to do it. And, and once I did it, I sort of fell in love with it. And now I care about the resource, and I'll, I'll you know I advocate for them, and I'll I'll do my own you know do cleanups on my own. I do, you know, I I pick up trash. I you know I I try and take care of it. So I look at it the same way. If, if access is improved and more people are on the water, more people are going to care about it. More people are going to take care of the waterway. More people are going to clean it up. More people are going to, you know, when, whenever the time comes, they're going to be advocates for the waterway too. And the more advocates we have for these waterways here in Indianapolis and, and in Indiana in general, the better condition our waterways are going to be in. Because right now we have the most polluted waterways in the whole country. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, uh, 
We probably got ball cancer right now. We just don't know it. Probably. <laughs> I do. I will say this. I do uh, watch my wet waiting on the White River because it, especially when you start getting south of downtown, it's a uh, right. It's, it's, a, it's a risky proposition. Well, being there know, with uh, an open wound for sure. <laughs> yeah, an open wound. Speaking of, I smacked my shin on oh, a rock, and it hurt a lot. Yeah, was that from waiting? Yes, dude, you're all bruised up. Has Katie been beating you or what? Or you got diabetes? Bad. This I've had that for like mm, ten years. A bruise? You've had a bruise for yeah. ten years? I don't know what that I is. I think you've got AIDS. I asked the doctor about it, and like, yeah, it's just blood, blood vessels that, like. You've had a bruise for 10 years. That right there, yeah. <laughs> I think so what, weird. What it was, I tore my ankle up, and I think it was from that injury, oh, and it, like, right. I don't know exactly what happened to you're, it. You're all scarred up, and you're like a, like a Viking a, warrior. A wild right man. Yeah, <laughs> you've been getting gnawed on. <laughs> I fight pit bulls in <laughs> yeah. my free time. <laughs> That's crazy, uh, bud. But yeah, a so permanent bruise. But yeah, but for our audience out there, you know, if you guys have any ideas on like ways, you know, to advocate for our waterways, like feel free to message us. I know one specifically one thing I was wanting to do for a long time is organize a smallmouth only tournament, and uh, basically um, a part of it would be that in order to qualify, you have to fill up an entire trash bag of trash and bring it to the weigh-in with you or the that's a good idea result thing so i think we've talked about that before in the podcast yeah, i'm I think, pro I, th- I think you should do it i think we should uh, organize something like that um yeah. so anyways uh that's that so let, we have some long awaited messages on the smally talk hotline um that we do? uh yeah we do that have uh, been waiting on you where and where they i at? wanted i wanted to wait to play them um this one Specifically, we're going to play this one here. Um, hang on here. Oh, my Let's God. Hang on here. Hi, Christian. It's your hot stretch calling. It's been a while since I've seen you. I've been so wet, high, and dirty lately. I want you to bring your long stick here to play. Let's see if you can fit it in my small mouth. Toodles. Wow. <laughs> no, well, I don't, we got. We may have gotten some uh, feedback on that. Sorry, but, we can uh, we can loop it over. I think the bottom line here is that uh, I'm in. Hundred <laughs> percent. That was pretty good. That, that was, was pretty wrong. You know, when, when I told our audience to make it sensual. Yeah. <laughs> They this took guy it took it to heart. <laughs> yeah, he took it. He took it to heart big time. He took that. He took that message uh, deep, deep <laughs> into into his heart. He did for sure. No, that's uh, pretty pretty dirty. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm sitting cross legged now because uh, <laughs> I thought there was a reason why you're doing that. I, I'm 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 literally cl- like instinctively closing my butthole right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's another one here. Um, I don't know who this is from. Hey y'all, long time listener, first time caller. I'm just wrapping up episode 20 as, well, right before I called. Um, question for y'all. So I'm 
stuck around the Wabash area, not the Wabash area, the West Lafayette area, next to the Wabash. And as you guys know, that river is just constant poop water. So my question for you guys is when the conditions are almost always that crappy, what are your approaches to catching more smallmouth bass? I've caught big ones in there before for like two and a half, three pounds for water that crappy, but I'd like to know more and learn how to get better. All right, I'm looking forward to the roast. Well, <laughs> we didn't roast the last guy. No, because I think you uh, liked him so much. I I took his I took note of his number. I took note of his name. <laughs> you get a text. Sup? <laughs> that message was directly towards you. He said, "Hi, Christian." I heard him loud and clear. <laughs> message received. At just um, text him and be like, "Hey, you on grinder, bud?" Sup? <laughs> Sup? Uh, no, so this guy, uh, this last guy, he's he's asking about. So he's in the West Lafayette for, for, area. For okay, so he doesn't sound drunk. I think no. he sounds obese. What do you think? You think this guy's <laughs> <Yeah>. obese? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think. I he mean, is. he's from Indiana, so the chances are pretty good. Yeah, uh, sounds like this dude eats a lot of food. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He, he lives in West Lafayette. There's a lot of good restaurants up there. What's the what's the twenty six? What's the is it XXX like root beer? Oh is yeah, yeah, there? triple X baby, yeah, triple X root beer. I went to college up um, there. You know this dude scarfing down a couple double cheeseburgers for the river. <laughs> this is making me very uncomfortable. So, anyways, his question was, uh, his question was, he lives. They're, Near the Wabash. Okay. Well, that's your first problem, bud. Yeah. That's, the Wabash. I'll tell you what I would do. I would go, I would just go to different water. Hey, you know how many times I fished the Wabash? How many? None. None times? <laughs> There's probably a reason for that. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, you fished the Wabash before, uh, haven't you? Uh, no. <laughs> there's, okay. Well, there's the answer to your question. Don't no, fish the wabash. I mean, there's a wildcat is close is really close to where you're at, which is a great fishery. Yeah, it's Wildcat Creek. There you go, but and I would also that's go your answer right there. I would just go to the Tippecanoe too. Yep. So yeah, tip, the Tippy's not very far. It's the Tippecanoe's got to be thirty minutes, like, less than thirty minutes away. Wabat or Wildcat's got to be less than thirty minutes away. I would just go fish those two. Now, what I, I would say here's what I would say about the wabash. If the Wabash is like running like super chocolate milk, like forget about it. If it starts to look decent, sure. I, here's the thing: the Wabash is silted in big time, but I know that there's areas of it that have decent substrate. Here's the key: find the good substrate, you'll find the fish. Yeah. Try to try to wait till it's running as clear as it can, and you just search for that. What you're looking for is kind of basketball size kind of broken up rock. If you find that, you'll find the fish. Because we've been on some pretty shitty streams before, and it'll seem like the fish is, like there's nothing in it. And then all of a sudden, you'll come up on an area where the, the flow picks up, the bottom's clean, and then that's where your fish are. So that'd probably be my biggest recommendation. If you're intent on fishing the Wabash, really do some research on substrate. And if you go out like in the fall time, um, you know when it's kind of low, you got clear water, super clear water, you you'll be able to find that stuff. So find the substrate, you find the fish. Yeah, I mean uh, that's a good that's a good tip. I I probably wouldn't spend a ton of time fishing the Wabash unless it's running as clear as the Wabash runs. Um, 
you know. Uh, the, that's, I know the Rob Wabash, every river can run clear at some point. I mean, as clear as it runs, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, just that's just my personal thing. I would probably go Wildcat or I'd go Tip Canoe. Yeah, there you go, bud. Tip Canoe is a great river. Um, all right, here's here's another one we got here. Hey guys, thanks for your show. Um, actually, I have a real question for you guys. Um, I'm calling from Ohio, so we have similar. Uh, I think probably small rivers, what you guys have that can get real silty and muddy and, you know, the, the rocky habitat is kind of more far and few between. But I have a question for you guys. How do you approach a river? So if you had to break it up into riffles and then runs um, and then pools, how do you approach um, kind of your attack on the river? Do you tend to focus on one of those three areas? more during a certain time of year um it, you know spring do you attack more of a pool versus a, a riffle or summertime do you go more riffles versus pools and then uh as far as when you do go to those different areas do you tend to attack to attend, tend to use them with different lures so do you use more of a, a jig in the riffles but maybe more of a swim bait in the pools um so anyway just wanted to see how you guys um, attack those different sections of the river. Um, and then I guess, of course, you also have those like real slow sections of the river, which are going to be carp and, and mud and stuff. But just want to get your take on uh, how you approach those different sections of the river. Thanks. Jeez. Yeah, this guy a, must think bit. highly of us. He's <laughs> asking all that stuff. That's a pretty... Uh, it's a very extensive that's, question. It's an extensive question. But, you know, I'll say just for the times of the year, you know, uh, I'd go listen to our winter episode with regard to how what the areas that we fish in the winter. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the winter, you're going to basically be looking for those really, really, really slow, almost non-existent current type spots. Um, and then, you know, as you start transitioning into early spring, you know, the fish will start moving uh, either to the bottom or the very top end of those really long, deep, slow pools. Uh, and then as spring progresses, you know, they'll start moving closer to the current. So they'll move into those bigger eddies and they'll be feeding on kind of the seams of the current, but they'll be firmly in the eddies. They won't be in the fast stuff. And then as the water kind of transitions into summer into post spawn, you will find fish occasionally in that real fast stuff. Um, Generally, though, the bigger fish you'll still kind of find in that smally speed water. So, you know, it'll still be, it'll be current. That's a patented term, isn't it? Yeah, it's not my. Smally speed? It's not my, it's not my term. No, it's not? No, but, you know, you'll find them in kind of that, you know, there's current. It's not ripping. It's not moving super slow, but it's moving. Um, You know, kind of, it's kind of tough to describe, but, you know, that. Smally speed. Yeah, smally speed water. So, you know, you got... You know, the smally speed water. So, it, it'll close 30 feet in probably, thir- you know, 20 seconds. Like, that type of that type of speed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's moving, but it's not it's not ripping. But, um, so yeah, and, and then in the summertime, you know, a lot of times what you need to do is when you go out on the river, you hit all these different spots. You know, you kind of fish them with different lures, and then you find... You'll find more success... You know, you can find a pattern, develop a pattern. So the fish are eating at the very bottom of the pool. You know, I'm finding the big fish at the very bottom of these pools. Or I'm finding the big fish tucked in to a really tight spot next to fast, fast current. You know, and then you just sort of 
you know, you, you've developed a pattern now so you can target the bigger fish more accurately and more precisely. So, you know, just it, it, it the, the question is, uh, I would say in, in no offense to the car, but the question is pretty broad to the <laughs> he point. Basically you could have shortened that asking, up and just say, how do, I how do you fish for river right. smallmouth? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a valid question. I mean, that's the question that we're always asking ourselves when we go out on the river. How are we going to approach, you know, where are we going to find the fish? How are we going to develop a pattern? Um, well, you know, you just got to keep plugging at it. You know, I will say this, that in the faster stuff, you know, one of the questions was what kind of lures are you using in the really fast stuff? Um, I, t- you know, if I was fishing conventional gear, I, I mean, I, I like a crankbait and a riffle. Uh, I like a fluke and a riffle. You know, I don't really top water in a riffle. Top water and really fast stuff is kind of, uh, I've never really had a ton of success with it. So, you know, something in the middle of the water column, something that you can kind of, you know, burn through there. And, um, yeah, bottom and top are kind of out when it comes to the really fast stuff. But, uh, yeah, uh, here's what I'll say about that question. Um, so I'm not going to break it down the seasons necessarily. I'm more going to talk about right now and, you know, summertime is the longest season. It's when the fish kind of stabilize. They're spread out more. Um, it's a little bit harder to find spring, summer or spring, winter, fall. They're a lot more like concentrated. Um, summertime's, you know, a little more difficult to catch the big fish. Well, here's what I'll say about it. In general, don't overthink it, right? You know, when you are looking for, uh, you know, fish, you know, fish like transitions for one, so they like changes and things. So, you know, you're talking about rival pool type rivers, you know, that transition from a rival to a pool usually will hold fish. So you'll have, you know, called the push water, just the bottom of the pool where it transitions to the river. And that's where you'll find a lot of that, what Chris was describing, that smally speed water. So it's where the you know, river's kind of slow and it starts to speed up. Um, so your current uh, is your first thing. Seams are another good uh, current transition area. You have a, you know, some fast water ripping around a slow area and you'll have like a line in the water where the currents are separated. That's a good area. So current and then that's 1A. 1B would be substrate. So that's your t- kind of two things. And we were touching on that earlier with the last caller. But really, if you can, fi- as a river smallmouth guy, if you can figure out current and substrate, you'll have 90% of the game down. Yep. Um, and that's where, you know, you can identify those spots where you can see, well, it's slowing down, not catching very many fish. More than likely, you're either running out of current or you're running out of substrate. And that's usually what you'll find. Yeah. So, But you'll find, I mean, there will, there will be times when you're out on the river and you'll, like, you'll find a, a, a day when, well, the fish are just basically in the cutout. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just in a bank cutout. That's where they're at. That's where they're eating. That's where I need to be casting. And you can almost just skip spots because you know that the fish are going to be in that cutout, the next cutout that's coming up on the, you know, around the bend or whatever. So, and a lot of fishing is trial and error, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you go on the river with an idea of where you want to fish, an idea of what the pattern would be. And that's kind of where guys will get 
stuck either one changing lures too fast or not changing them enough what you really want to do when you first get out in the water you talk about a plan of attack for me that's when i'm i'm not necessarily trying to catch that big fish first thing right. i'm just trying to watch the behavior of how the fish are acting how they're striking the lure like if you guys caught that earlier where i said i caught a fish first thing on top water and i that was the only, i cut it off and fish something else because it kind of came up and grabbed the back of it and i started seeing fish chasing some bait fish and uh that immediately kind of clued me in well hey i need a bait fish pattern you know i'm gonna put on something i'm i know and then i started kind of paying attention where the fish were hitting and then you kind of develop that um plan of attack and it changes throughout the day too you know that's true but you know one of the best things that you can do is when you first get on the water if you know there's a good spot close to your put in fish it with a bunch of different lures until you find one and then try and you know, use use good the good spot that's close to your put in as a way to de- try to develop the pattern for the day. Yeah. So you know, you change up lures, you change up presentations, you change up kind of the little micro spots within your good spot to try and figure out where they're going to be right. holding, and you know, and then move from there to kind of you know narrow your focus for the rest of the day on what what kind of presentations you're going to make to these fish because yeah. they can be temperamental, especially if you're fishing. You know, some of these tailwater guys and some of these lake guys, you know, you've got pretty constant conditions. But when you when you're fishing for river like true river and smallmouth, they have ever changing conditions. And that's why, like, you know, this guy from Ohio is talking about small river. You know, when the river conditions change as much as they do in these small rivers, um, when the water conditions change as much as they do, you, you kind of you know, it'll throw the fish into different cycles. You know, it'll, it'll, you know, when you've got high water, high water, high water, low water, you know, or, or it comes up, spot comes up, come down spikes, you know, it'll, it'll push them around quite a bit. That's why you need to do a little bit of trial and error. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not always the same. Yeah. Another, I'll give a quick little hot tip and then we'll move along. Yeah. Um, so, Something I try to do, and this is an advantage if it's clear water or if you're in a uh, waiting, is after you catch a fish and you're kind of confident that you fish that particular spot out, walk over there and look at it and observe why was that fish there. And usually you'll start chaining together clues about you know okay this fish was here there was a little broken up rock and a big rock and it was underneath of it and you'll go to the next spot and it'll be broken up rock and a big rock and the fish will be hanging underneath of it that's like uh something that you know i try to do and when i'm kind of teaching guys like how to fish that's that's something that i you know excuse me i try to try to try to do myself as much as i can so it'll give you a good idea yeah so all right well good deal any other voicemails josh i think we do have one but we're gonna save it for next time so and as always smally talk hotline is available and it's live we uh we need some fresh content for the next episode so i want to see uh i want to see some fresh fresh messages on there um okay and, and keep them keep them weird keep them sensual we love it. <laughs> keep them weird. Keep them sensual. Uh, all right. Here's one. Uh, so we got we got some reviews. iTunes reviews here. Yeah. One from uh, the 
username is uh, indicators or bobbers. We read this last time. Oh, you did. You yeah, did. you didn't. You didn't listen to the episode. You no. jerk. No, I didn't. It doesn't have my voice. I don't want to hear it. All right, here's <laughs> one. Uh, it's from Deep Step Eleven from the Deep South. Love the podcast, Josh. You catch that twenty intro on a fly. Be a whole lot cooler if you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, be. not really. Nah. It's like a, it's a quote from a Days uh, and Confused. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a famous meme. Is uh, it? I see a lot of memes of. Uh, it's uh, is it is it uh, Matthew McConaughey? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a young Matthew McConaughey. He, like you've never seen the ones that say, <clears throat> "Do you fish for a river, smallmouth? You'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> It'd be a whole lot cooler if yeah. you did." Um. Yeah. But yeah, uh, last last thing I want to do here. Um, you have anything new in your box? Um, yeah, so I got a new hat. Oh, we're, co- we're digging for hats now. <laughs> yeah, uh, out, of, out in Colorado. Shoving so. hats up in your box. Yeah, I got a new hat. So. I, I have to say, you look you look you look very distinguished with your black rimmed glasses. A lot got a lot of comments. Oh God, yeah. Well, here's the deal, man. I got I got uh, kind of PR- cute. P- I got PRK a few years back, and uh, surgery is just sort of fading away. So oh, yeah. I have to wear glasses occasionally. Hey, you should wear those more often, dude. <laughs> I have to Ashley say, I didn't even it. recognize you. I was like, ooh, yeah, that's kind of sexy. Yeah, oh, it, thanks, hides, it hides those big old eyes that my you have. My goofy eyes. <laughs> my goofy eyes and my small ears. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I have to go get my, I have to go get the surgery redone. So What kind of hat did you get? Uh, it's from a uh, Minturn Anglers. It's uh, oh shoot, let me uh say the artist's name here. I think it's uh, Mindy Hertzfield. Is it the one with the all the little flies on yeah, it? It's got all the little flies on it. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool hat. But uh, I don't think I got. Oh, and I I think I figured out a new fly. So if, any of the listeners, uh, if you're still listening to the show, which I doubt anybody is going to be listening to this at this point because it's it's been underestimate the loyalty of of our listeners bit of a stinker but um so while i was out on the colorado this this guide man he gave me an idea for a fly because the way he trout fishes i think it's gonna work i think i may have i think i may have stumbled onto and Mm. i'm gonna just straight up species i'm gonna straight up steal it i mean that's how good i think it's gonna work i'm gonna and i'm gonna call it the chris so, <laughs> <laughs> are you really <laughs> i'm gonna call it the chris <laughs> i've got a great idea for a fly it's my idea uh no it's actually his idea but i'm, I'm still gonna call it the chris <laughs> and when he comes after just me coincidence that's your name <laughs> yeah, it's just a coincidence uh no Spell i've got an idea for a for a cinco fly that I know for a fact is going to tear them up. Wacky rig Cinco. Mm-hmm. I like it. I got a way that I'm going to rig it. It's going to change the game. But it's not a game changer. It's not going to game changer. Or maybe I'll call it the change the game fly. There you, that would actually <laughs> be really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it'll be uh, yeah change change your game fly. I like but, it. Yeah. I like it. That's a I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, if any of our if any of our users have or any of our listeners have a uh, an idea for a Cinco fly, you know, send them post them onto the episode. Oh, I've I been post doing that for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to see them. I want to see what you got. Because I think my, what I've got, what I'm going to come to the table with is a little different. So it's pretty. Uh, man, I'm telling you, it it worked. It worked for the trout, and I think it's going to tear them up for the for the smallmouth. I'm 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 intrigued. Yeah, it's. 
I'll, once I'm going to test it. I'm going to field test it this weekend. And if it works, I'll post a picture of it. And, all right. and we can all call see. And I'll, call, and I'll call it to Chris. And any son of a bitch <laughs> who tries to give anybody else credit for this fly will be met with a team of attorneys and filings. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so it's it's. It, I'm a little excited about it, a little tingle in my nuts about it. I think uh, it's trying to make your mark. It's trying to make your mark on the fly no, smallmouth uh, community. You want to be a legend, Chris? I no, know. I'm going to give him credit. I'm, I may call it the Gavin. Let me call it the Gav after the guy that was using it because it's 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 proprietary to him. He actually did it on accident because he said he ran out of San Juan worms. And uh, he said so he had to, and all he had was the material. So he, so he. I like the description of that San Juan worm. That's a fly. It's a San Juan River is in Southwest Colorado, and I like it. It's named after that, but, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's adapted for smallmouth, so it'll be a little different. But uh, yeah, man, it's a good idea, and I I'm gonna use it, and I think it's gonna be killer. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, But anyways, anything new in your box? Yeah, I have a ton of new stuff in my box. I'm not going to go over everything because most of it was just kind of terminal tackle and, you know, replacement spinner baits, that sort of thing. But the most thing I'm excited about, the thing I'm most excited about is uh, broke a couple rods. Nice. Broke a couple. Good for you. (laughs) St. Croix. But I uh, upgraded one of them. I think I sent a picture of it to you. I don't um, think so. Yeah, I did. You never responded. Probably when you're on vacation. Dude, my text messaging response rate has gone way down. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Danny, right. I know Danny's that you don't like p- me anymore. No, Danny's probably pissed at me, honestly. Yeah. I haven't responded to a text message in days. So, St. Croix called me up, and it's actually the same guy that always calls me when I send him in for warranty. It's, his name's Dan. Oh, Dan. He has a very, uh, very thick wisconsin accent i'm not gonna attempt to do it because oh don't you know i got you a new rod bud <laughs> yeah he sends him in and he was uh, he's like you yeah. want you, i'm gonna send you a free packet of cheese curds with this saint <laughs> Croix legend rod it's gonna blow your mind bud <laughs> it's funny he sounds just like that but he was like yeah what's your I, name bud it's i Dan. got a he got a his you know i sent two avid x's in and he's tries he's like you know well, how about you uh, look at upgrading these? How these about you guys? look at upgrading these yeah. guys, bud? Yeah. And I was like, ah, well, what, what, you know, I said, tell me more about it. And, you know, he was like, well, you know, I could do it. It's going to be $125 a piece to upgrade them. And I was like, $120 Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, 250 bucks. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. And I said, well, how about we do one of them? And anybody that's sent back St. Croix rods, you have to send them back with a check to for return shipping. Right. He's like, I tell you what, if you upgrade one of them, I'll tear up the $20 check. You don't have to pay for shipping back. And he was like, so basically it's like 100 bucks. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I got a Legend Tournament 6.9 medium extra fat or medium fast. Dude, that thing is legit. You think it's a big difference? Yeah, yeah. Really? I won't say big difference, but dude, I've been fishing with the last two times I've been out. Dude, it's mine. Is it your fluke rod now? No, I'm gonna keep it for my. Uh, so my fluke rod, I I kept my seven foot medium fast Avidex because mm-hmm. I really like that. 
but it's going to be, you know, anything else that requires medium light, you know, like stuff, smaller baits on bottom. It's like a waiting rod. You know, I was using it. I threw crankbait on it. It's going to be your, uh, your minnow rod, your live bait rod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bobber fishing. That's all it. I do is fish, fish live bait. Um, but yeah, dude, it is money in the bank. Dude, it's a sweet rod. It's is the it, nicest rod. I mean, it's... it's is that the green blank or is that the blue blank? It's blue. It's like okay. navy blue. Yeah. yeah, those are good good looking yeah, it's rods. A sweet rod. I'll let you look at it. I'll let you touch it before you leave. I'll look <laughs> uh, at it, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's all I have, man. I, I know we're getting lengthy on the episode here. I actually think this is a good episode. I, I think it's a stinker. I don't apologize. No. I hate myself. It's, no. It sucks. It's a good episode. I we we had a lot of enthusiasm because we haven't talked about fishing in a while, and yeah, I think Dude, we're, I, yeah, I we got mean, got a little technical. We got a little technical answering our our questions, that's it, man. From, that's what the people audience. want. You yeah. got to give them what they want. No, but I, I yeah, I don't know, man. I just uh, I appreciate everybody who listens. Appreciate everybody who uh, you know posts uh, on our page and asks us questions and uh, yeah. You know, it's it's good, man. I, I you know, we love this stuff. So anybody who uh who loves it enough to comment or leave a voicemail is uh you know, good people in our eyes. So keep on commenting, keep on following us and um you know, we've got some Leave us a review. We need to get our guests figured out. We've yeah, got some we, good, we got some good guests, but we're just so busy. Yeah, we're gonna get some guests. We're gonna get some cool guests figured out. We gotta um, a couple guys that we've been looking at. And I'll tell you I, what, I would I would get Weinstein to to make this podcast, you know, a full time job. You know, who Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. It's about. like a, you don't know who Harvey Weinstein is. Is that the guy that got arrested or he got accused of all the sexual <laughs> yeah, misconduct yeah, the Me Too stuff? stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's like casting couching. People. Oh, I got you. I yeah. say, I forgot. Okay, golly. Okay. So we would we would give him favors in yeah, order right. to produce this. I, I, and yeah. Yeah. I, that's I'd, a stretch of a joke a little bit. No, I think if people got it, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear the, you didn't hear the listeners laughing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, dude. Well, we got, we'll, we'll, we'll mix it up a little bit for you guys and hopefully and, and let uh, everybody comment and let every, you know, I think that, I think if you got the Weinstein <laughs> joke right away, Make sure and let Josh know. All, that the, that fl- was... all the fly fishermen will get it. They're all highbrow. <laughs> they've all been molested. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> I was saying they're all highbrow. They're all. They're no, they probably all... would hate it. <laughs> As they're sipping yeah. on, <laughs> on their, <laughs> on their uh, uh, bourbon. I know Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I know Harvey Weinstein. Hell of a guy. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Did you hear that, Harvey? Hey, he made a joke about you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. It was nice talking with you, Chris. We'll uh, we'll see you guys hopefully next week. And uh, as always, free the fighter. Free the fighter. Thanks.